Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. I'm your co-host, JM. And I am Jared. Hey, Jared, how's it going? It's all right. It's all right. How you doing? I'm doing all right. All right. Long time, no podcast. I know. It feels like it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been playing anything good lately? Uh, just playing Zelda. That's oh nice. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Excellent. I I haven't really started chewing into it. I keep getting so mad about that I can't change the controls, which is so. Dumb. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. I started it and I'm like, oh, they still have the kind of wonky controls they had in uh, Breath of the Wild, but oh yeah. well, it's fun. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing things online of what people can do with it, and it looks pretty amazing. Yeah. What about you? Anything else? fun you playing I, I i so i did the i did the nintendo like the the big coupon where you buy like you pay a hundred dollars and you get two of their games so that you get them for 50 bucks each oh yeah and i got advanced wars the advanced wars one and two combo and i couldn't hate it more <laughs> I've, oh, played, no. <laughs> I've played a, i played a lot of it and it's it's kind of one of those games where like you start playing and you're like well i don't enjoy this at all but you like you keep like you kind of hate play it like you're like I'm gonna I'm like I'm gonna beat you game because fuck you but no, yeah I'm, I, it's wearing me down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just old. It's just very old and simplistic, and it's like baby's first World War II game. And I'm like, why do kids need a World War II game? <laughs> so I don't know. I've become old and curmudgeonly. Um, but yeah, playing a little of that, and then I've been watching some Vampire Survivors and getting back into Deep Rock Galactic. Which, nice. Yeah. You never played Deep Rock, did you? No, I still never did. <laughs> no. I still got to get you on Deep Rock. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Chilling, playing tabletop games. Nice. My nice. Life. Yeah. We got any, um, any Devolver news? news? Yeah. Well, we've got the news that the, uh, we, we, we've got the Devolver Direct coming up on June 8th. Very soon, yeah. Very soon. Uh, oh, your cat just ran by. Sorry, I got excited. Oh, did she? <laughs> <laughs> uh, June 8th at 3 p.m. Pacific. So, you know, find that, people of the internet, and watch that. There's going to be a lot of news coming out of there. And we did just have the um, several of our games featured in the the Sony... Is Was it the... St- is it the state of play or was it just the Sony, whatever the title I, yeah, is? Yeah, I don't remember what they call it, but their big press conference. Yeah, yeah. we had three games. Um, we had Neva, mm-hmm. which is the next title from Greece, which I didn't watch the trailer that came up because I didn't want to cry. <laughs> it looks beautiful. It. it looks beautiful. That's, that's so good. Um, and uh, we're hoping to have some of those folks on. We had a new gameplay trailer for Plucky Squire. Um, did we do any other reveal trailers during the Sony thing? Hmm. I think there was one, but I'm trying to remember. It was like, uh, it it wasn't Serious Sam. No, it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't that, but it was something, it felt like that. Uh, felt like that. Yeah, sequel. Almost exactly the same game, basically. Basically, yeah, basically. Damian, do you remember what the other game was? I think it was the sequel to our Dallas Principal game. But I also that can't remember. It. it looked like Serious Sam, you know. But, uh, <laughs> damn. That's right. It was the sequel to Talos Principal. It was. Talos it was. Principal yeah. 2. That's right. Did you like oh. the trailer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. Actually, that trailer also gets me very emotional. Yeah, me too. It's because uh, of the great music, right? It's because of the great music. I like how it stays out of the way of the other important parts of the trailer. And that's really... Yeah, yeah. That's the art of mixing. (laughs) You know, we make jokes, but man, sometimes the mix is bad on trailers. And I'm like, what? Who says what? Exactly. Uh, Now, the music is very good. uh, And we have... uh, Oh, no, I don't know how to say your last name, Damian. Mravunats. Oh, Mravunats. Mra- uh, of <laughs> Excellent, dude. This is like Krot would say. You know, it's it's really good. Thank you. Yes. Specht. Well, welcome. <laughs> Dankeschön. Dankeschön, Speck. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's German for woodpecker. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you know what's German have... for butterfly? Schmetterling. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Creature and has such an, you know, tough, tough sounding name in German. You know, Schmetterling. Beware Schmetterling. Beware the Schmetterling. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty intense. Uh, yeah, you are Damian. I'm not going to say it right because I got it once right after you said it, and I'm not going to say the last name again. But you are the composer for Crow Team and have been the composer for Crow Team since the beginning. Of Crow? Yeah, 1999. Wow. Yeah, I've been I've been doing all of the Crow Team's audio, actually, not just the composing, but the sound effects as well and integration, and yeah. sometimes even the voiceovers, mixing whatever you, you can think of that is related to the audio you know are you the headless bomb guy scream is that you no no that's actually <laughs> our ceo roman you know and this is mixed with some <laughs> sample library effects but he he was the one who, who did the screaming and you know it's just terrifying every time we get a paycheck it's just <laughs> we are reminded of this scream you know so <laughs> but, Fantastic. but yeah the, the rest of the enemies you know most of them all, almost all of them in Sirius M2, Sirius M4. That's me, yelling, growling, pretending you... that I'm a bad monster. Stuff like that. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. You get to do yeah. monsters. I get to do monsters, you know. It's actually uh, recently, I, uh, recent, when I say recently, when you're as old as I am, 10 years is recently. So <laughs> recently I acquired a great plugin which is called the humanizer, you know, which I use for making monsters and it can turn your real-time voice into T-Rex or something really? else. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing stuff, you know. Do you say it's the humanizer? It's or called dehumanizer. 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 Like it's making you non-human. It's dehumanizing yeah. you. So it's really, it's just one out of my many arsenal of, plugins you know that i have yeah. that i use in sound design i have a question written down for later to ask what tools you use when you're doing all your all your work we can leave it for design. later no problem we'll, at all we'll leave it for <laughs> later when i forget to ask it yeah yeah I, you know you will yeah <laughs> so uh, i mean how did you wind up at crow team how did you wind up well by accident like everybody winds up at crow team you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a happy accident. Back in the days, I was doing music uh, with my band, you know, and since uh, we had no money for recording a proper demo tape, you know, at the time I decided to, 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 to find out different ways of recording recording your songs at home you know and at, the, mm. at that times people had this uh, it was called Tascam Porta Studios you know where you insert the cassette and you have like four channels and you can record track by track but I was actually more keen to explore the computer recording you know and I was one probably one of the pioneers of computer recording back in the days in Croatia you know you you, you had no one to ask to help you set this up uh, how software works how to install sound cards you know what to do how yeah. to connect midi machines stuff like that so i had to basically experiment and learn everything myself so there i was learning how to record my own music on my pc you know just trying to figure out how it all works and I started making better and better songs, you know, slowly learning the craft of computer recording. And at that time, I also overheard that some friends of a friend, you know, were making a game and they mm -hmm. did a game in 1993, which was called Football Glory. And it was released on Amiga, personal computer, which is very popular here in Europe at the time. And so these guys actually made a game that sold you know, they earned some money and they were doing the next game on PC and they built their own engine. So they sent me a trailer and I was looking at the trailer. And this is not coming from Croatia. How, how is this possible? You know, this, <laughs> this looks awesome. 
<laughs> so I get to them and realize I'm actually I actually know one of the guys we were studying together, you know, at the elect- electrotechnical college. And so we start speaking and we find out we have many similar interests, you know, we all love games, of course, we, we have same taste when it comes to music, you know, so we start chatting about possible collaborations because they, they did have uh, a person making uh, music and sound effects, but the guy was using a studio, so he couldn't, his turnover time was very slow. You know, he couldn't deliver overnight changes. I mean, but he was renting to, a studio? Yeah, he had to, to rent a studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had some equipment at home, but it was very rudimentary, you know. So, mm-hmm. because the biggest problem back in the 90s was the turnover time. You're asked to change something. You know, you, mm-hmm. if, and if you don't have a home studio, like everybody today has, you know, the bedroom <laughs> yeah. studio, you have a studio. So everyone can have a studio and record very decent recordings at home. But back in the days, you had to rent a proper studio or you had to be very, very creative. So mm-hmm. I was actually able to offer exactly that, you know, can you change this thing? Of course I can, of course I can you know, and, and I do it overnight. And the next morning, mm. I connect to the ISDN with my poor modem, 56K, and then I upload this stuff for like 25 minutes. And then my mom lifts up the telephone head- headset, you know, and it breaks the connection. And then you have to start all over again. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this, that was the development back in the days in Croatia. Yeah. You know, it was like... We didn't have DSL or, or high-speed internet. It was like you had to dial up with a modem. And if somebody wanted to call, it just broke your internet and you had to start all over. But anyway, uh, the guys at Croton were at the time working on this game, which I thought was has the funniest, actually the worst name ever. I mean, Serious Sam. You know, like, like, like everyone who first heard the name was like please change the name <laughs> so, so it was a, now it's a probably a part of a pop culture you know the serious yeah. sam of course no nobody is like oh serious sam what a stupid name but back <laughs> in the day i was thinking am i going to be remembered as a guy who worked on a game called serious sam but the game was actually so good you know they, they invited yeah. me to to their offices which were offices it was like a rented <laughs> flat on a on a top floor of the building like fifth floor and it was the flat roof and they had no ac there you know it was middle of the summer 38 degrees celsius not fahrenheit Ooh. so it was like yeah. it's, it's like 105 fahrenheit something like that so it was so hot so i'm entering this small flat which is like three rooms and there are guys wearing only underpants, you know, and I'm thinking <laughs> if I live here alive, thank you, God, you know, <laughs> and they sit me they behind. get up this, from their desk. Yeah, yeah, you know, get here. Guys and, uh, this is either the, the, the best development studio or the best orgy ever. So I'm entering <laughs> this, this small studio, you know, and they are sitting me behind the desk and go play. And I, st- I was a big fan of Unreal Tournament, you know, mm. Quake games. I was really good back in the days. Now I suck because I'm old. I have no reflexes. But back in the day, I, I was really, really good. And I start playing. And I'm hooked immediately. You know, I'm yelling. I'm screaming. Mm-hmm. And this is amazing. And the guys, I can see the smiles, you know. And many years later, they told me they were like, they were sending this cd you know with the demo of the game together bundled with a huge design document to the many many publishers mm-hmm. and they're all saying no they're basically no, nobody is saying no like out of 30 cent design documents to 30 publishers like two replied with no and no thanks so that, that was the only that was Jeez. the only reply they got you know when they, when they tried to get a publisher for the game uh and suddenly here i am screaming this is the best shit ever you know <laughs> we need to do this i want to make i want to do the music you know this was going to be amazing and they told me later it lifted their spirits you know so they get back to work and, and we we made this demo together i think it was released somewhere in may june 2020 mm-hmm. can't remember right now and we upload this on 
was it ZDNet or something like that? It was, I think, like a network where you could website where you could upload demos and people can download yeah. them, and it becomes the most downloadable demo of the summer. You know, it hits the most downloads. Am I am I dragging too long with this story or? No, 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 you're no. good. Okay, Sorry, so. it sounded like you said that that was 2020, though, and I know that's not right. Yeah. Like year. I, no, no, I think 2020 was the, the time the demo was released. It was in summer of 2020 because the game was... What happened? The demo was the most downloaded demo on the ZDNet of that summer. And the guys that worked on a web portal called The Old Man Mare, which was very mm-hmm. popular at the time, you know, they analyzed FPS games and they they made fun of them you know they so they decided to make an they they downloaded serious sam demo it was mm-hmm. it was free you know as demos were and they played it and they started asking question why is nobody publishing this game this is so amazing and these two yeah. guys were actually eric and chas from uh, who did the portal writing you know and they worked on half-life and they went on working okay. for Valve later. Yeah. And these two guys basically discovered, you know, Crotim, and suddenly there was all this buzz happening, you know, people playing the game and sending emails. And remember, we, we were receiving like hundreds of emails per week, you know, so, so we had to, and we wanted to reply to them all. So there was 10 of us sitting there typing back to every single person who ever wrote uh-huh. us, you know, just to say thank you for your support. And suddenly we have a publisher. You know, suddenly there are guys called Gathering of Developers. You know, mm-hmm. this new company made out of developers. And I think Harry can tell us more about that. You know, <laughs> and Mike. But suddenly they are here and they are saying this game is awesome. They they want to sign us. You know, and give us proper budget. And and they do exactly what they promised. And a year later, in 2021. The first encounter that's how we called it so yeah. serious sam it wasn't called serious sam one or just serious yeah. sam it was like serious sam the first encountered because we always always had a plan for the second half of the game which became the second encounter and then we released serious sam 2 which made people puzzle you know wasn't there the <laughs> second encounter wasn't that the number two no that's like the expansion <laughs> mission pack like just the the enhanced first encounter but uh yeah, so we made this game and turns out to be GameSpot's game of the year. You know, so we get the award and it's all roses, you know, <laughs> and we do something that I don't think anyone did before. We build a, the second encounter in nine months, I think, and we release it as a standalone DLC, so we don't yeah. call it DLC, we call it, we call it actually a series and the second encounter. And well, this was, was like, yeah, it was, it was supposed to be a mission pack. That, that's that's yeah. the name that DLCs were called, you know, at the time. So you release a basic game like Duke Nukem, then you release Duke Nukem mission packs, yeah. which you can buy separately. But we, I think Harry and Roman came to an agreement to release this as a standalone DLC and just call it the second encounter. Yeah. Yeah, which today is perfectly normal, you know. Oh, there is a there is a side game or spin-off, you know, being released. Yeah. You don't need to own the original game, but I think we were the first again. Back in it, the day. Now, yeah. You're you're saying DLC, but this was probably like in a box with CDs, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's you know the expansion pack yeah mission pack that's what it was called on our hard drive on our backup server you know it was called mp it was called the mission pack so i think if you look at the if you have the original second encounter cd and then you you explore the archive inside you know the installable installer archive that you will see that the folders have music mp like for music for hmm. mission pack, you know, d- different folders. So when you <laughs> yeah. install it next to the original first encounter, you know, so the, the, the files do not overwrite each other. Right. So yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was released on CDs, you know. I still have a bunch of those CDs 
back in my studio, you know, serve as a great memorabilia. They're probably worth something by now. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been using them for coasters for the last no, years? No, 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 no way. <laughs> it's, they're still, some of them are still wrapped, you know. The, the, nice. the wet dream of every collector, you know, shrink-wrapped original edition, first one. <laughs> nice. nice. But yeah, that's, that's the, the origin story of how, how it all started, you know, with me and Crow Team. And later, later we, we went on to design the Sirius M2. Mm-hmm. And this was like, it had to be larger, bigger, crazier. So we just, we pumped all of the ideas we had. There was no filter. Like, oh, you have an idea. Oh, great. We'll do it. <laughs> oh, you have an idea for an enemy. A clown on a unicycle carrying a pie bomb. That's so amazing. Let's put it in. So <laughs> this game is kind of, you know, a weird mashup, you know, of everything that we wanted to express at the time. But now we mm-hmm. had the budget, you know, funding. We had the people. We had the proper office after the success of First and Second Encounter. Everybody's still in their underwear for some reason. No, no. Actually, we had the ACs. <laughs> thank you, God. <laughs> so, yeah, the part about the underwear. I can't forget it. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. But, uh, yeah, we had the proper budget, you know. So we just went for the most hilarious. I, I think the Sirius M2 is... Out of all sense we made, it's the, the craziest, the wackiest, the most hilarious ones, one yeah. ever. You know, there are people writing today, please, you need to do the remake. This was a game that was like five, ten years ahead of its time, you know. <laughs> and it was crazy, it had no filter. The, the fans of the original hated it. Really? Yeah, I mean, we went with this cartoony design, you know, cartoony mm. graphics, and it was like... All the classic enemies were turned into something crazier, like the werebull, which was a mighty bull with horns. Alien bull was turned into rhino wind-up toy. <laughs> and this clicking wind-up sound. So, so yeah, if we were doing the Serious Sam 2 remake, we would probably switch out all the wacky enemies and replace them with the classic ones that fans loved. You know, but we are now focusing on Talos Principle 2. So we're not doing the remake of Serious Sam 2 as much as fans and us would want it to but yeah excited to see how talus principle 2 follows in the footsteps of serious sam 2 though so now <laughs> instead of like a serious conversation about like human beings and their relationship to technology there's like clowns on unicycles you know riding across light bridges i mean we are famous for our secrets and easter eggs so true jm watch Watch this space, you know. It's probably, <laughs> I mean, do you know that in Talos One, uh, people who played Talos Principle, they didn't actually know it was done by the same people mm. who made Serious M. And suddenly, uh, we, we put in a secret where the headless kamikaze bomber appears in Talos Principle and starts yelling and running towards you like a hologram. And yeah. there, there are emails coming from the people. My friend was playing the game and I heard the kamikaze scream and I turned and it was some sort of puzzler. What, what was going on? You know, <laughs> then I discovered the same people who made the, the, the craziest first person shooter ever, you know, like this so over the top frenzy action game made the philosophical puzzler. So it was like mm-hmm. a polar opposite. And, you know, when you make the, the, the first person shooter like Serious Sam, and sometimes you get tagged as, oh, brainless shooter, you know. And when mm-hmm. you are tagged with brainless shooter, people think that the company and developers behind this are <laughs> brainless <laughs> drones, you know, just sure. can do only stupid games, you know. And like, dude, we, we built our own engine, you know. We are capable <laughs> of making great <laughs> games. So it was like, oh, developers of Serious Sam fun game made such an philosophical game you know with puzzles such such interesting game and it's like yeah we can do this as well so fun times is that why in so in some of the sam games there's the easter eggs where you can find the developers and it's all you guys but you have like massive brains is that why (laughs) (laughs) i mean thank you we do have massive brains we don't look like the big heads but <laughs> like, i think there was a there was a we were obsessed with south park 
<laughs> as you can see from some of the humor. You know, and these huge heads were just like, oh, let's do homage, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, they're there. And in Talos, did you see the, the developer's island? No, you oh, didn't. I don't uh, think so. It's been so long. Developer's yeah. island in Talos features, uh, so the, the big heads, they were like tiny mm -hmm. bodies and large heads. And those were in Serious Sam games. But in Talos, their heads were replaced by large cathode monitors. <laughs> you know, displaying our faces. Uh, yeah. That was last cool. like replacement of the big heads in, in Talos Principle too. There's, I mean, so yeah, the transition from Serious Sam to Talos Principle too, or the original Talos Principle. You know, there's, I'm sure it's been said lots of times, but you know, it's the story of like making the, what is it? It's the, it's the thing that disables the force field. Was oh, the it's one the jammer. The jammer that it was playing with the jammer mm -hmm. that y'all were working on serious sam and you were playing with the jammer and someone who was like this just needs to be a whole other game exactly so the talos principle was just a happy accident so it was it was uh we were in the process of making puzzles you know we were making some puzzles because at one point, you don't want to do the, the same, I don't know, grab the blue key and open the blue door. You know, it just mm -hmm. became boring, you know. So we wanted to explore some different mechanics. We wanted to explore um, different ways of opening doors. <laughs> in the end, it's all about opening doors in first-person games. So we wanted to explore different ways, and we designed this jammer mechanic, you know. And suddenly, as we were playing with the jammer, there was the idea that jammer not only opens and closes the doors, which were made into force field, but that it can jam other objects, you know, like fans and, and some <laughs> gravity beams, stuff like that, whatever we, we could thought we could of, you know. And there was this part of that was being built in our own engine in Serious Editor. There was part of the Serious Sam game where you just had to enter and pass a few corridors, you know, use a few jammers to open these doors and it was so fun that suddenly somebody said okay maybe we can maybe we can do with another mechanic here you know Let, let's do this rod that connects the force some force emitting uh, field mm. with some force lit doors for example so suddenly we are having two mechanics and then we are combining them and it's becoming mm -hmm. more and more fun and of course, <laughs> there is this, there is these guys, you know him, Nicola, who comes in and says, this needs to be a separate game. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and there is this notion that, yeah, we could, we could probably do something different than Serious Sam, you know, we could, we can have a small rest and you know, out of the Serious Sam series, which is, which we love dearly, but we were working on it for like 12, 13 years, 15 years by yeah. then. And we decide to do the Talos principle. And so we pitch this to Devolver. And the guys are like, okay, what is this? And <laughs> someone was actually, someone started playing, you know, the first few puzzles we had. It, I thought it was Nigel, you know, and he loves it. He <laughs> says, this is actually great. And then, as you can see, we are doing the Talos principle too. So complete opposite of Sirius Sam. And we're coming to the music. Mm. And I'm mm -hmm. used to making heavy metal. I'm used to mm -hmm. making uh, strong drums, orchestral sounds, you know. And they say, no, none of that. <laughs> so how can I work without drums? <laughs> it was like a huge <laughs> challenge. I have to do something. And I started exploring ambient music. You know, I start listening to, to the more serene music because I'm a huge metalhead. You know, it, if, it's, mm -hmm. if there are no distortions, it's not music. <laughs> so, yeah. so I have to explore this different kind, you know, of music. I do love Pink Floyd. So they were like one of my really great inspirations. But, you know, the more I, the more I compose, the more tracks I'm turning off. You know, because I always start making rich music. It's it's full of sounds, you know, full of mm -hmm. instrument tracks where like, uh, how can I say this? Tracks were really rich in, in texture, mm. you know, all these bunch like of layers? instruments, layers, exactly, yeah. 
And suddenly I'm turning them off, you know, just leaving the basic stuff, some ambient synths, drones, and it's starting mm. to fit more and more nicely. You know, it's it's becoming a perfect background for the game, which is actually a very serene experience. You know, you're you're in this beautiful garden. You're tasked with solving some puzzles. There is a voice from the sky telling you not oh no, solve puzzles, but do not enter my tower, you know, trying to to put you off the track. There is a terminal mm -hmm. in which you can chat with the snake or something like approximation mm -hmm. of the snake, which, which is called the Milton, the, the, the librarian of the human archive knowledge knowledge. And it's all becoming such a such a perfect blend, you know, philosophy, puzzles and this emotional and very very beautiful experience you know nice it's yeah it was i i remember we received emails later on after the talos was released you know and had had some great great ratings you know and and people mm -hmm. really loved the game we love the game you know in crotim it's we need to love the game Otherwise, it's not worth making it. So we love the game and fans, we didn't have any Talos fans, what am I saying? So there are new new people coming to mm. this game, you know, becoming fans of Talos and fans of coding. There were mm. some old Serious Sam fans who heard, who were interested in what we are doing next, you know, so they came as well on board and they're writing us emails and some people are saying that the game change their lives you know mm. that it was like uh it's they had some bad thoughts you know about the futility of life stuff like that and after reading and playing through the game and seeing how how humanity fought you know to survive mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. were given like a hope and uh you know new will to carry on stuff like it was beautiful it was yeah. I, I still have some of those emails you know, doing something that actually change people's lives. It's such a rewarding and amazing thing to read. It's a powerful game. And like, it's, it's, it's so incredible because it introduces a lot of ideas that just people that aren't in intellectual circles, like that aren't in academia, don't get presented to them. You know, the questions that don't get presented to them and, and just want, you know, wonderings. I mean... For me, a lot of what got me emotion gets me emotional about the Talos Two trailer is that the scientist, her voiceover again, having her back, and again her talking about like faith and not giving up and all this stuff, and it's just she's an incredible character, and there, but there's oh, there's so much to love. Yeah, I mean, I and mean, I think mm. no, no, I agree well, with you. I mean, these characters are so well written. You know, we, yeah. we for the series, same games we did our own writing. You know, for most mm -hmm. of the games. Uh, we had some guest writers on Sirius M3. But for mm -hmm. Talos principle, you know, we decided, okay, guys, we're we not enough for this. We need <laughs> yeah. good writers. We need, not good, we need excellent writers. Yeah. And so one of our guys, one of the game designers was playing a game called The Swapper. You know, and he, mm -hmm. the game doesn't have a lot of story, but it's so well written. So he examined who made the story. And it was the guy named Tom Joubert, mm -hmm. British guy who, who was, he was not very known at the time, you know, now, now he's very known. He did the Subnautica game, the driver game. So, so Tom was, yeah. Subnautica. Subnautica, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, Subnautica. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tom was actually, Tom was actually the writer of this game, The Swapper. And mm -hmm. our designer came to an idea, hey, we should contact him to see if he's interested in writing for our game, you know, because we want to introduce this great story. And after pitching him the Talos principle, you know, Tom said, okay, but I can probably do only half of the game, but I do have a person who is amazing, you know, to do this stuff. He will love it. Mm -hmm. And his name was Jonas Kiratsis. He's the Greek guy living in Germany. You know, he's so, in he's so talented and interested in philosophy, uh, acting, poetry, you know, and he seemed 
when Tom explained, you know, like a perfect fit. So we said, okay, guys, you want to do this together, you know, and mm. they agreed and they divided the, the character into the game. You know, Tom wrote Milton and mm -hmm. Jonas wrote Elohim and Alexander the Scientist, mm -hmm. you know, and they wrote some parts together and it was such a great collaboration, you know, between two of them, yeah. which resulted in a story that was... I, I personally, I played the whole game and I loved the story. You know, it was so, as I said before, so emotional and it made you think, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously not just me, but many other people around. But yeah, the, the writing, as you mentioned, you love the, the, the Alexandra's, you know, uh, time capsules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it was so, so well executed. And I, I hope, I hope, I know, that the Talos 2 will have such an amazing writing again, you know, because Jonas is back, his wife Verena, who worked with us on Sirius M4, is now uh, together with the team. Tom is back, you know, so it's yeah. this one should even top the first one. I hope. Nice. <laughs> we'll keep uh, keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say earlier, too, the first one seems more relevant now that, like, you know, people are... The, the artificial intelligence in the world is ramping up. It is. And we're getting more of it. And so I remember there's a part in the first one where Alexandra's talking about the morality of creating a sentient being in a box kind of thing, like the rights that that kind of thing. So there's just... It's just feeling like the game is even more relevant than... Or it, just as relevant as it was when it came out. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really nice. And I can agree. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. Road to Gehenna as well, which I loved. Thank you. So good. Thank you, Rick. Road to Gehenna was actually a DLC. <laughs> real DLC. <laughs> oh, yeah. A real DLC because it, yeah, it could be downloaded. But the thing about the Road to Gehenna is it's an expansion of the story. You mm -hmm. know, it, it goes deeper into the lore of Talos Principle and uh, gives you, you know, for all there are all these people who want to know more. So mm. this gives a bit more explanation. It, it, it gives you uh, in-depth view of this world that we built in Talos Principle and the other, there, there were some, you know, not to spoil much, but there were some robots uh, who helped you on your way mm -hmm. of completing the Talos Principle one. You know, and mm -hmm. some of those backstories and origins they're explaining Gehenna. But the best thing about Gehenna, if you replay it now and then you play mm -hmm. the Talos Principle 2, mm -hmm. you will notice many spoilers about the story of Talos Principle 2, <laughs> you know, happening already in Gehenna. It was like this beautiful setup of things that will come. Yeah. And they will come <laughs> many years later. God, we, we take we really do take some time to make our games, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of games that took some time, then then there's Serious Sam Four. No, we are not speaking about. <laughs> the well, I'm curious. So I'm curious for you though. So you know, you you went through a transition. You know, making music. You know, a hard, You know, you you had to relearn music for Talos Principle, a new way of making music that was alien to you, or at least difficult. Oh yeah. How did that affect future music for Serious Sam? It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I was able... Uh, you know, it's like in Talos, I was holding back. Mm -hmm. You know, so no drums, no guitars, mm -hmm. no bass guitars, no loud singing. <laughs> you know, it's just serene, calm, atmospheric experience. And then after doing that... You are like, release the Kraken. <laughs> it was like, now do everything. And so it was like, like I was drinking, like I drank a Red Bull, you know, like mm -hmm. a bunch of them. And I poured everything into Sirius M4. So I yeah. think the amount of drum tracks are probably more than their tracks combined in series and first and second encounter <laughs> and this is per song you know like 20 layers of drums <laughs> i think there was, there was this meme 
Damian eats drums, mravunac. <laughs> so, when, yeah, I was asked a question about what, what's the core principle about Sirius M4 music? And I said, it's drums. So, yeah, the whole soundtrack is so heavy oriented, so yeah. invites you to war, actually. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like a huge combat experience with chords and orchestra and electric guitars and drums and drums and tons of drums. So yeah, actually, yeah, working on Talos, you know, helped me to to accumulate all this energy and intensity needed to mm-hmm. to make the the Tal- the Sirius M4 soundtrack. Nice. So release the crack, and I'm just imagining like all these tentacles and like there's tentacles slapping bass. And yeah, I guess most of them are playing drums. Well, it looked at one point, you know, and I was grabbing this guitar, putting this one back, you know. Grabbing the yeah. bass guitar, just pumping drums on my keyboard. So yeah, it did look like a kraken at one point. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't know. I, I people ask me uh, which of your soundtracks do you love the most. You know, it's always my latest one <laughs> yeah. because I, I just um, keep learning. You know, I I'm, I keep learning uh, all this all this time. You know, I just explore. Mm-hmm. We mentioned these plugins, you know, so I explore the new plugins. I read uh, websites that cover all the latest craze about uh, software and hardware, hardware in music production. Mm-hmm. So I'm subscribed to Sound on Sound magazine, which I read from start to finish, you know, every month. And I'm always looking for a way to improve skills, to improve mm-hmm. my uh, arsenal, which I use hardware, software, whatever, and to improve my efficiency. So last yeah. last month, last month, there was this uh, develop develop. Uh, <clears throat> it's called reboot develop. It's actually mm-hmm. a conference in Dubrovnik, which is the beautiful coastal city in Croatia, which you must visit guys if you haven't. So in this Dubrovnik, you get them to send us to reboot. Yeah, it's reboot. You've been to Reboot, Jim. I can't remember. I haven't been. You Jim, haven't you been? Nope. No. Well, you got to box yeah. us up and send us. Yeah, probably more important people went there. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Brutal. Don't uh, it's brutal. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you didn't have to say it. <laughs> no, making fun of you guys. It's, it's a conference that we have. It's happening annually, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, people all over, the speakers from all over the world, world come here. And it's happening in Dubrovnik, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, why am I talking about Reboot? I now lost. Uh, you were talking about efficiency? Yeah. And this year I finally gave, I'm giving a lecture there. This is like my annual thing. So I gave a lecture about efficiency uh, mm-hmm. in music production and sound design and how to, to utilize the tool, all the tools at your disposal. You know, from hardware to software to, to just having enough sleep and rest to be the best and most efficient person or sound designer or composer or video editor, 3D designer, level editor, or whatever that you can be. You know, so, so it was actually fun for me to, to show people all these hacks and little things that I'm using every day that mm. actually speed up my workflow, workflow very, very much. You know, and I can do today in two hours what took me probably four to five hours two to three years ago. Yeah. So I think it's important to optimize your workflow, you know, so. Is, is that talk available online for people who might look for it? Also, is it in Croatian? No, it's in English. So the whole conference yeah. is in English. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, actually, I've put it online, but it's some yeah. rebranded link, which I can share with you later. If it's okay, I can't remember it from the top of my head. But yeah, I usually make my uh, talks available online, you know, because it contain they contain. I love to be practical. So I give people mm-hmm. links, you know, and I give them uh, the names of the plugins you know, yeah. and, and the stuff that I actually use. You know, it's not some yeah. like wake. Oh, use equalizer here, there. You know, for this, use this. So I actually reveal all my secrets because I think there should be no secrets. You know, um, I I love teaching people. 
you know, and explaining yeah. how I do something. And I don't know, in a few years, I should probably start some YouTube channel, you know, with explaining people how I design sound effects and compose music. But yeah, uh, there is a talk available online and I will share it with you later. So you can, you can be the best and most efficient JM and Jared that you ever are. I've never been efficient before. <laughs> I mean, that's first time for everything. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Jim, we need you to do this. Sorry, I'm reading about efficiency. <laughs> uh, I was going to say in this in this topic, can we loop back to JM's earlier question? So, like, what kind of uh, like what's your DAW look like? You know, what kind of software and stuff do you use? Oh, uh, yeah, I thought Jane will forget about this, but <laughs> <laughs> he had it written somewhere. Uh, so yeah, I've been a long time Cubase and Nuendo user made by Steinberg, which is owned by Yamaha Corporation. And for the sound design, I use this software called Reaper. And I've seen many people composing in Reaper, but you know, after doing 25 years in Cubase, I just can't switch to any other DAW now, no, but, and as for the plugins, I think I own every subscription there is ever, you know, I have like <laughs> 12 of them, the most important ones. So these come from East, West, then, uh, waves, plugin Alliance, Roland cloud. I, I'm not going there, you know, it's just too many of this. Everyone, everyone went went to this subscription model, which I don't like very much. You know, I would much rather pay to own. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, with the subscription, I'm offered. I have a gazillion of, of options, and this is what I like. You know, I, I I'm starting every project from a scratch. I do have a template, you know, which I use when I'm composing a certain style. So for Series M4. I had this array of networked machines that had all the orchestra and choirs loaded and ready to go. So I launched my Cubase project on my main machine and it connected to all the network machines and like 1000 audio tracks were readily available under my fingers. You know, I could just press button and there is this strings coming and there is the, the clarinet, horns, whatever I want streamed over the network of my network computers but now working on telos i start project from scratch you know and since i do have all these plugins and virtual instruments and i mean i couldn't explore all of them in three lifetimes you know there's Mm -hmm. just so many sounds available so i love to experiment you know i switching sounds until i find something that's inspiring then and then i start working on a melody then mm. there is a small bell. Hey, you can add this, you know, like, oh, add this, add that. And then I start adding stuff. And mm. then I come to the to the heaviest part of the song. So what now? You know, I've, I've done the, the peak. Then I mm-hmm. go back and reduce, you know, so I, I start building to that peak. And I don't know, it wasn't always like that, but I changed the style of composing. I used to go from from the the lowest point of the song to the you know highest intensity now i just start with the highest intensity work it back you know how to reach it how to do this so it's all probably also part of i've been doing this for such a long time that you know sometimes when you as mick gordon who did doom set change the process change the outcome you know sometimes mm-hmm. when i change the process i, I get the different results and different is usually good for me and i'm not repeating myself with every soundtrack i do so yeah so jared hope that answers your question cubase all the way yeah i'm big fan (laughs) you know endorser and And there is an How, awkward silence. I was like, I got nothing else now. Yeah. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to delete the silence. <laughs> no, you're not. Just leave Well, it. not now. Not now. That we're laughing about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you do? You know, uh, so Talos Principle, but then also the Serious Sam games, there are a lot of location, you know, specific places the game goes. In Talos Principle, there's a lot of, you know, well themed, like you don't go to Egypt, but there's an Egyptian 
area and stuff like that. And then in, you know, Serious Sam, you go to like the Vatican and stuff like that. Do you do anything special like to match tracks to to areas, to regions, to that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, in Serious Sam, it's as it was a powerful thing to match uh, environment with the mm -hmm. music that you could feel it's connected to that environment. So that's why, in, well, the first encounter happens in Egypt. Egypt. I'm using all mm -hmm. these um, oriental ethnic instruments, ney flutes, you know, sometimes duduk, and mm -hmm. um, all these uh, ethnic drums, you know, that, mm -hmm. that are characteristic for that region. And we repeat this in second encounter, you know, we have some Persian style levels, you know, and we have uh, Mayan, Aztec, you know, the, this mm -hmm. kind of South South American culture. So I'm trying to, I'm always trying to discover what instruments were used, and if mm -hmm. there is a virtual instrument available, you know, if somebody yeah. sampled their local instrument, and then I try to use that one, you know, in in my pieces. But for the Series M4, uh, this one is actually the series m first and second and two it's all about time travel mm -hmm. you know so you go back into time and it made sense for me to to work on this ethnic part of the soundtrack a bit more but for series m4 it's all actually happening in the same period you know you're just mm -hmm. going traveling around the world so i wanted to create a soundtrack that was more cohesive you know that you wouldn't tell oh yeah this is the Vatican part. Okay, this is now, I don't know, the Carcassonne in France. So yeah. I did use some of the, you know, the, the Mousset, the small accordion that French use. Oh. So I did use it yeah. in, in French parts. So I used uh, Balalaika for the Russian parts. So mm. there is always this small part of ethnical legacy of that area you know that we're exploring but for the most part series m4 is like one unified experience so if you listen to the soundtrack it feels more like a movie you know like a blockbuster mm. than like three separate regions like previous yeah. games felt you know? yeah. that makes sense yeah so you you were in a band way back when you started and you were already making music but you got into doing the sound design on these games as well. Were you, were you doing sound design right out the gate or did that come in a later installation? I had of no clue about how to do sound design. <laughs> but the guy said, okay, Damian, you will do the music. Now we just need to find the sound guy. And it was like me waving my hand. Uh, I can do the sound. I'm also a sound designer. Perfect, you will do the sound. <laughs> so I come home that evening. I am looking how to do sounds. You know, there is the internet is 1999. You know, it's Alta yeah. Vista. There's no, there's no Google. You know, you're typing yeah. on Alta Vista sound design. They pop you up books because Amazon is popular. You can order books about sound design. They used so to sell I, books. Yeah, yeah. I, they used to sell books, and I ordered books about sound design. So. While I'm also experimenting, you know, with some sort the software called SoundForge, which was, mm. uh, okay, I'll use this to design sound. So to be honest, I was stuck with SoundForge right until three years ago when I finally said, okay, switch to Reaper, dude, you're, you're just, because SoundForge is, it is only one layer, one track, and it's destructive editing. You know, whatever you mix, oh. that's it. And you commit Ooh. to whatever you make, you know, and while in all of the other software, you have layers so you can mix and combine. This was just like, oh, there is one sound. Let's mix it with another. Let's mix it with the third one. Wait, the second part was better. No, no one do. Let's go. It was, yeah. So I can't believe that I used to work like that, you know, back in the <sighs> days. So I had to commit. I had to think about every sound yeah. I make. I used to go, you know, saving version one, version two, version three, whenever I mix two sounds. <laughs> There's just, yeah. just so that I can go back if there was something, if something happened like distortion and stuff like that. I mean, there was one level of undo, you know, so. Wow. So one it was level one of level undo. of undo and no layers. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that Sirius Sam sounds 
I mean, it still sounds good. I played it last year, you know, again, yeah. and it still it still sounds good. But yeah, it it is crazy, you know. So I said to the guys, yeah, I'll do the sound design, and I started learning as fast as I can and as much mm -hmm. as I can, you know, overnight about the sound design, and I start experimenting. And turns out there's some hidden talent, you know, and I can actually do the sound design. And so, yeah, I just got better and better at this craft. And, you know, after designing sounds and music, it was like, okay, now you need to learn serious editor so you can implement this all and not bug other people to do it. Then I sit <laughs> and learn our own editor. But the editor is very interesting. Let me yeah. try designing levels. So I started designing levels. And one of the level ends up in multiplayer games uh, multiplayer part of series m2 <laughs> so nice. suddenly i'm nice. a level designer then there is this cinematics that we need to do you know mm -hmm. so who knows about cinematics no one knows anything suddenly i'm directing <laughs> cinematics you know putting cameras yeah. stuff like that so it's, it's just you know if you believe you can do something you can do it and this is the takeaway here you know, I believe yeah. that I can do the sound design. I believe that I can do the editing. I mean, for Sirius M4, uh, Danny, your guy, Danny from The Waller and me, we did all the all the gameplay trailers. You know, we were just sitting in my studio doing the cutting to the beat, making these mm -hmm. trailers, and they turned out to be really good. You know, it's they have rhythm you know they have a proper amount of carnage and hilarious <laughs> fun and that was great time you know doing these trailers so oh. so yeah 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 if you can you if you say you can do it you can probably do it you know? <laughs> that's i mean that's it yeah uh do you get to do a lot of foley no like actually i hate no foley. no it's all this you know the foley is most fun for the people watching YouTube and looking at the people doing clickety clap, you know, and just uh, pushing their hands in the sand. And, I'm, I, and like I tried doing folly and it was like I just made so much mess and it was like 20 minutes of recording folly and 55 minutes of vacuuming my damn flat and cleaning everything up. And I said, no, folly is not for me. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I have a I bought so many sample libraries, you know, so I have a, mm -hmm. everything that's been already recorded, like steps, f wood, creek, stuff like that. Yeah. It's been recorded in so many ways that I just don't, you know, find it the best usage of my time to go and sure. record stuff that I already have available. But I'm really good at layering them, you know, mixing them, mm -hmm. combining them, changing the pitch adding 53's chain of side effects, you know, and plug-in effects and side chains and whatever I want, you know, just to create the new sounds out of the library material. And I yeah. do it with, with, uh, with the idea of once I'm done with the library sounds, they cannot be recognized. You know, it happens to me, I'm mm -hmm. watching movies uh, and and I, I already know all my sound libraries, you know, and I'm listening and I say, oh, this is <laughs> Hollywood Edge Premiere Edition Studio CD number one, <laughs> track number seven, uh, Eagle Screech, you know, it's... It's a red-tailed hawk, goddamn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a red-tailed hawk. Sorry, yeah, you know that. No, it's an Eagle Screech, honestly. So, yeah, I already know I can hear sound of, uh, and that door creak, you know, the steel door <laughs> creak, which is like in every second movie i that's one that's the only one i recorded we had this door in crotum offices you know that yeah. and you open them so i had to record this and i have my own door opening sound i'm not using <laughs> that same same old one you know yeah so yeah that's about as much folly that, that that's all the folly i did you know that's all you need. One creaky hinge. One creaky, and that's it. You know, it's that's it. Work for, works for me. Jared, do you have any other questions? Um, no. You know, I don't have any other questions. But I, I should say because everybody listening needs to know this. There's a, there's an Easter egg in Serious Sam Four. 
that involves Damian that is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Where you like go to the guitar. I'm sure he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know about the cool. No, I was asked to record my laughter. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had no idea what was it for. You know, just Damian, can you record the laugh? I said, what laugh? Uh, can you laugh sinister like this? <laughs> and I, I don't ask too many questions. I said, okay. And then I did. <laughs> and many months later, I see this in the game, you know, Siberian Mayhem, where they discovered the guitar god secret. Yeah. You know, you play with this acoustic guitar, and if you play enough times, guitars go up to the sky enters the sun and suddenly my face appears <laughs> with me holding a heavy metal guitar and playing the riff to the serious Sam's hero most famous song and I laughed so hard and cried and it was like okay I do now have my own secret easter egg you know and it's, it's such an honor you know to have something like that end up in the game it's it's really a great honor that's so good. Yeah, you and need to lo look this too. up on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it, does, it says it's like Secret Guitar God Unlocked or something like that. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I think it better something about guitar. I mean, I can play a guitar, but I ain't no guitar god. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm still I'm still learning the solos to my favorite songs. You know, it's trying to beat the master of puppets, strumming, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah. I'm doing my best, and I believe I will be able to master the solo. <laughs> if you believe you can do it, you can do it. I wouldn't say it better myself, J.M. I stole it from a guitar god I once did an interview <laughs> with. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, like, do you have anything you would want to share? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say it still in case that's, you know, that isn't it. But is there anything you want to share with anyone doing sound design, doing game soundtracks, looking to learn how to do more with that? Yeah, I think I already shared it. You know, you yeah. know never stop learning. This is what yeah. uh, I'd mentioned that I was doing this reboot develop talks. You know, it was mm -hmm. this was like my seventh talk. I don't even I can't count them all but they always end up with the same never stop learning you know the, yeah. the day you stop learning you you're done you know you, you'll be in two years you'll know nothing so i don't know for my, myself i'll keep learning as long as i can i'll keep exploring new yeah. stuff and i suggest and i advise i strongly advise to all the young people you know uh do the same thing and if you ever need help uh, you would be amazed at how many composers and sound designers are actually willing to talk to you and are willing to provide you with some help and I just be polite and ask and that's all you need to do so I'm, I'm I've been asked to mentor several composers you know in the previous few years so I did my best to to, to to clear my schedule you know to, to help these people out and some of them got proper gigs you know paid ones some of them already yeah. yeah released some music on soundtracks and i don't know i'm whatever you do try to give back you know if, if yeah. you learn something from someone wiser and older try to 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 forward this you know pass it forward or whatever you say that knowledge in the future to someone else you know it's gonna bring you good karma and <laughs> yeah everybody will feel much nicer you know yeah that's so, so yeah that that's that's my last words excellent well with those last words we'll ask jared to do the thing the thing do you no <laughs> <laughs> Do you like video games, particularly those published by Devolver Digital? Well, I have good news for you. You can follow us on a myriad of platforms, including but not limited to uh, Twitter. We're still there. Twitter's still around. It hasn't rotten in hell yet. Uh, we got a Facebook page. We got an Instagram. We got a Discord.gg slash Devolver Digital. There's a forecast channel. You can sit and, uh, you know, chat with us. Uh, keep look out there for updates about, you know, some upcoming games, including but not limited to Talos Principle 2. Um, what else we got? We got TikTok. There's some fun stuff on there. Uh, 
YouTube, I guess, too. Yeah, we put some trailers up on YouTube. Uh, and that's that's that. I think that's all of them. Yep. Yeah. We got the Twitch. Oh, yeah. Twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital. That's where you find us all. And uh, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Damian. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. It was glad to see and hear you guys again. And big thank you to everyone who is listening to this podcast. Please follow up on the Talos Principle 2 news. And I don't know, I hope the game will be as amazing as I'm seeing it right now, you know, develop in development and can't wait to share it with all of you guys. We wish list that bitch. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.